Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, Elsie. Hello, Jessica. How are you? I am getting funnier by the minute. How are you? I'm trying to keep laughing by the minute because that's the way to do it. Oh, man. Um, How's everything? Let's get right into our unwanted banter, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) That is just so perfect. What a great lead in. I mean, I know shouldn't have too much personal banter because we've been texting quite a bit. I mean, I think our banter problem comes when we disappear from one another for like a day. Right. Then we have to catch up on. Yeah, then we have much to. Yeah, absolutely. Is there I mean, anything going on with you that I, that I don't know about? Let's start there. Maybe. No. Well, I mean, I guess we could start like with just me getting ready for the E League. I mean, honestly, that's what I've been doing, and I guess that's something what, that what I have, have at the to top of the to show. Get ready for so. that. What what oh, has to happen? I have to update the landing page, which will be ready, guys. So I'm opening the doors to the E League, and by the time you guys hear this, that on Monday morning. Uh, for those of you who are interested in on working with me, it would be awesome if you go check out the link right in the show notes. But what I have to do is I have to update the landing page for it because there are some updates, obviously, that I have to do because things change. Uh, I also have to create a new, like the purchase page. I have to do that. I have to have the purchase page and clarification of those things. I also mm-hmm. have to create the... um the act marketing for it or like my my way of reaching my people and you know all the stuff that i'm that i love to talk about like this is why it's so meaningful you guys so you actually because... do that in advance yeah well no because it's already happening i mean everything's already done but i just have to update it but i can't start selling it without because this is what i've get, i've been getting people going like we want more information from the ely we want we want it and i don't have a place to send them right now other than what was right. so i have to update it and i just i just need to have that set up other than that and, oh and then so the selling things the marketing and selling things first the process part and then after that i have to really clarify the specifics of what we're going to do for the 5 weeks because there's a general outline with the the process is is very it's kind of very simple it's already pre-done most of it which is essentially like you get to work with me for 5 weeks as your mentor so that's awesome and you get <laughs> so good and then you also get so like good. a a 60 to 90 minutes uh, one-on-one with me where I do like all kinds of really amazing things with you on a one-on-one session. And then there's a private, um, there's a private podcast. Investigator? Oh. No, a private podcast. And it's only for it's e-leaguers. Okay. And it's got like super secret, awesome. It's like the foundation of what I teach is via podcast. So you always have it in the really short podcast episodes. And it's awesome. Uh, and there's a private uh, community, which I'm not sure where I want to have it right now because I keep moving back and forth and changing it around and doing all kinds of things. So that's the the thing that you absolutely 100% will get. But 
every um, season, I guess, of the E-League has extra things that we work on. And for these five weeks, there's going to be a focus on uh, a framework for access for your podcast. And I'm leaving it at that because I don't know who's going to be coming into the E-League. And when I say a framework, it's like maybe there are certain values that you really want to expand on for your show. Maybe it is about diversity and more inclusion. Maybe it is about reaching your audience in a new way. And instead of just kind of talking about it, really starting to design a, a, a framework of how you want to set that up, how you're going to get to whatever it is that you want. Um, so that's the focus of, of this time, of this part of the, in the spring session. So yay. Very cool. Very Man, cool. You do a lot of, you do a lot of pre-work. I do. <laughs> Excuse Bless me. you. Mm, mm. Thank you. I mm. do a lot of pre-work, but it makes me happy because then like I know how to, how do you not though? I mean, it's how I share what it's I about. am not critiquing you. I am oh, making okay. an observation. Okay. You do a right. lot of pre-work. See, I am, I don't want to say I'm the opposite, but when I put a course together, I have an outline and as much as I'd like to get most of it done in advance, it never seems to happen that way. So what happens is I put up the sales page and and I have week one. And as I go, I normally create it, which is not the best way to go. But I'm usually in such a hurry to get the sales page up um, because I'm exuberant and excited. <laughs> and then I just kind of mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I, I uh, prematurely ejaculate my course. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I actually do that. It, I on per I do what you're doing on purpose, but see, I don't create like the way that you engage with me in the e-league isn't in a course way. Like it's not it's very unusual. There mm. is no like PowerPoint presentations and like PDFs and stuff. The teaching happens via Voxer. I have a, a, a Voxer broadcast that I it's create. Very innovative. Mm -hmm. And so then what you get is on Mondays, I come in with a lesson and then I will, I'll talk, of course, very off the cuff. I'll, I'll, you can hear the birds chirping in the background and I'm just outside talking, kind of giving like, you know, my, my sermon of the Monday morning or whatever. And then afterwards, after that Voxer on the broadcast, then I will, oh my God, with the goats, I will, <laughs> I will have the text, like the relevant text afterwards. So people can refer back to that broadcast and you can hear it as well as see it for mm -hmm. a quick scan. And also it is at your own time and it's super accessible. So one of the things that I really hate about courses sometimes is when I go, oh, I have time. I have time to, to do the work now, right? I have time. And then I'm like, um, okay, I have to log in to the website. I have to get my password. I have to, okay, where, where am I? Lesson one, lesson two. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I'm so, by the time that I'm, I find what I'm supposed to consume, it's been 15, 20 minutes. So having it in this bot in this box or broadcast all in one place all you have to do is you open the app it's free there it is you can listen you can read you can have it talk to you in your ears and you're done and it's still there it's not gone so um and if you want it for yourself you could just e easily grab it and forward it to yourself so you you have all that stuff and what i do is at the end of the week i compile all of that information for you. So let's say 
that week you're super busy and you didn't get an opportunity to engage with, you know, the community or with me, or you have no idea where you are, you're kind of lost, you know, things like that happen. Then on Sunday, you get an email and it has all of the links, kind of like the show notes that I make for two podcasts. It's like Mm -hmm. that. Like, I will just say, like, I talked about this. Here's a link. I talked about this. Here's a link. I talked about this. Here's a link. And then you can scan it and then go to the thing that you want to. It's like home study. It's like, yeah. And so then, but you get it in an email. You don't have to go check it out. You don't have to go somewhere else to log in to get the information because... I guess I created it that way because that's what I would want. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know what yeah, I mean? We tend to do so, things that way. Definitely. Yeah. So that's how I just want people to not feel like they're behind and also to not feel like they can't find. That's my biggest pet peeve is I, I feel like I can't find it right now. Like I'm like, oh, what was week two? I want to do week two. And then I have to find it. And it's annoying. Yeah. So... That's why I do it that way. That way you have. I like you to have read it. the transcripts, but I almost never offer them. <laughs> yeah. And you know but why? I'm a much faster reader than anyone could ever explain anything to yep. me. So I always need a transcript. But you know, what's interesting is that you, you do your work as backwards than mine is too, because you can literally go like, I'm going to cover these five things on the, in my class today. And then you will turn the mic on and you will be like amazing. And you'll teach these five things and you'll just do it. You have your your bullet points essentially. Whereas Mm -hmm. I am backwards because I, I write the entire script with some off the cuff things. So I already have the transcript because I'm, you know what I mean? So it's super easy for me to do it. That's very smart. I should probably do that. that It takes a long time to do that. Yeah, it does well, take a long time, but it makes me feel it makes me feel cu- good because then prepared. I really can smart. it focuses me on the ex- exact teaching that I really want them to get. And the only reason I do that is because been a, there's been a couple of times when I've taught a class and then after the end of the class, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't teach the one most important thing that I wanted them to get out of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, doing the same thing right now. I'm trying to make videos are? of teaching people how to edit for the simple reason is there's a lot of people that want to to learn. They don't have a lot of money. They're trying to start out this podcasting thing. They can't afford an editor. So I'm going to try to make this brief thing. And I I just did it the other day. I went in and I did, I did all the things. And in the middle, I'm like, you forgot to do this. This video is worthless. So then all that time I spent, I have to go back. So, and what I did is I do bullet points and then I have the bullet points in front of me. And as I'm going through, I do a screencast kind of sort of thing and I do that and I'm talking and I just went, Oh, you didn't put this in there and now this is worthless. So yeah, it's tough. It's tough to be a creator. (laughs) You just have to be like super specific is all, you know, and it's Mm. like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Our lives are so hard. But the best thing about (laughs) it is you get to do it all over again. No one stopped yeah. you. No, you could have just, honestly, I would have just sliced it in there. Are you using ScreenFlow? I would have just sliced it in with ScreenFlow. I might be able to slice it in me. there. But you know me, I hate yeah. when there's an edit point. Jess, is, yeah, Jess is really good at that stuff. We've done we, we we've done that a couple of times. We have made awesome. many a mistake in our time yeah. with our and stuff. Fixed yeah. up, and, 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 and fixed right. it up and fixed it up in post. And it's not too bad. So... But you know what? Before we get into our lovely, um, actually, before we continue with our banter, why don't we hear from the first? <laughs> what? There's more. The first. 
where our first um, sponsor of the show, because he's going to actually talk a little bit about some of that uh, fixing it in post kind of stuff. That techie, so let's hear from that Danny. That techie microphone stuff. <laughs> that techie, that I know, clever. that techie microphone that stuff. Tip four, let's talk about microphones. The only type of microphone that you're going to need to have is a cardioid pickup pattern microphone. The pickup pattern is the area and direction that the microphone picks up in. There are two main types of cardioid microphones that you're going to want to look at. The first would be the dynamic microphone. A dynamic microphone is more forgiving in that it picks up less of the room sound around you, and it also offers you more proximity effect, which means as you get closer to the microphone, it boosts the warmth and low frequencies in your voice. However, it does pick up less detail than the type of microphone I'm about to tell you about, which is the large diaphragm condenser microphone. This picks up more detail and is also more sensitive further away from the microphone, which means you must treat the room that you're recording in. There are USB microphones offered in both dynamic and condenser forms, and USB microphones offer you convenience and mobility, but there are some workarounds that you'll have to do if you want to record more than one person in the same room. When most podcasters start out, it's a good idea to start with something like an Audio-Technica ATR2100. This is a dynamic microphone that offers both USB and XLR connectivity, and it sounds pretty good on most people's voices. As you get more experienced and maybe have a little bit more money, women should consider looking at condenser microphones like the Rode NT1A and others because they do offer more detail. However, remember, with a condenser microphone, you are going to need to address issues in the room that you're recording in. Thanks for listening to these tips. I love to help podcasters get their message out, and our specialty is helping you do what you do best. So if you're ready to work with my team, or if you're ready to uplevel your production and want to have a call with me, go to emeraldcitypro.com today. So thank you so much, Danny, for that amazing tip. And if you guys who are listening, go to emeraldcitypro.com forward slash checklist to get a free podcasting checklist so you can make sure your audio sounds professional. And also you can sign up for a free sound assessment where Danny will get on a call with you, listen, or you can send him your, I don't really know how it works, but basically he's going to listen to your show and give you tips on how to make it sound better. Um, if you go to emeraldcitypro.com forward slash checklist, you can sign up and I'm sure he'll give you the details for that assessment better than me. So thank you so much, Danny. I love his tips. I'm learning so much. I know. My God, you know, there it's so apropos. I mean, it is so apropos, right, John? <laughs> you know, this is I'm having deja vu all over again. Oh my god. So okay, let me let me so now <laughs> we started the we started the show two days ago, just to let you guys in on this. It's two days later. Imagine that. You guys don't even know, but uh two days the yeah. first twelve minutes of the show were um one day and then now it's a different day. And why? Because Elsie uh wanted to mute herself and instead of muting herself, uh pressed uh stop recording so we didn't have an we didn't have an episode so we're re-recording but then things got even more interesting going back to what danny was talking about um i had been using as you guys know and i think you most of you guys that have been listening to me not only on she podcast but on the feed know that i use my zoom h2n as my microphone my external microphone on my phone and it turns out that that very same day, that very same Wednesday, the microphone 
essentially died. So the, the mic itself, it's not that there, there's something's wrong with the digital recorder, but the little connection where you put the USB port into the hardware part of the H2N is messed up. So what that means is that anytime that I used that microphone, I sound like a chipmunk. So it's speeded up and then it also skips. So then it, it'll go. And it's weird. It Wait, do it again. I can't. I can't do it again. John is going to have to have a drop for that. And so, um, but that's what it does. And it was, I mean, I tried, I did all kinds of troubleshooting. I did everything that I could. The, again, the recorder works fine but it no longer can go into the computer. And so I am now using my H6 as an external microphone into the computer in the same way that I was using the H2. So who knows? We'll see if there's any difference. So if you do hear a difference in my audio, that's what's happening. And in addition to that, just again, more of a teaching moment, my internet right now is so bad that I couldn't even call Skype using the cell phone. So I have, I'm now using the, not the landline, but you know, an actual cellular line. I called John and John has me sort of routed into his setup so that Jess and he can hear me. And then I am recording my own side of the conversation onto my computer. So it's like, I don't know. Lots of duct tape going on today. Lots of duct tape. Yes. So I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have. in retrograde. Right. So then I have her. Uh, Elsie's on my track. So I can't talk when Elsie talks because then I can't cut in the audio, which is probably a good thing. But the funny thing is, is that you had the H2 and then you had this H6 sitting in your, bo- in your house in a box, never open. So this, the H2 breaks, you go in. You blow the dust off this H6, which is a fantastic device for recording and all that. You've had this sitting there all this time, and this has forced you to use this. And I have a feeling that you're going to like this better than you liked your H2. Oh, I'm sure. This, it's got a lot more knobs, and I can't wait to. Um, I do, and I told you that I have a, a Heil PR20. A Heil PR20 was the very first microphone that I ever bought for podcasting way back in the day. Uh, Victor Cajiao, who was my podcasting mentor in 2006, of course, what he said was like, you need to get a microphone. And I was like, OK, I don't know which one to get. And he said, get the Heil PR20. And I was like, OK, because, you know, when the first when you're st- starting out, you just do whatever your the person says. And plus, I trusted him implicitly. And I bought this beautiful microphone. Unfortunately, it, it always it was an um, XLR and I had an, an audio. I had like what was called an iMic at that time um, that I used to plug into the computer. And it was kind of and it also was really low. It didn't have um, every time I recorded with the PR20, my voice was very low, like super low. It needed phantom power or something or I don't know what it's called, but I never was able to use it that much because it was too low for me. And it's been in storage, so I hope to get it out. And it's a beautiful microphone. It is light pink. It's a limited edition that came out when I bought it, like in 20, 2006, for, um, I think, cancer research or something, like breast cancer. 
Uh, and it, they did a they did a total good like new kind of thing with the PR twenty, and it's pink. It's so cute and beautiful, pink and Ooh, gold. That sounds pretty. Yeah, I gotta get it out. It's so nice. Fun. Mine first so, one was a snowball, and I am embarrassed that I ever used it at this point because it sounded so bad. I know it was so bad. Know, it was so you bad. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you would know. But speaking of when we first started. Think about the, um, what's the big announcement, Jess? What's the big announcement? So, as of today, now that it's Friday, um, we are 10 people shy in our Facebook group of (laughs) 9,000 women. Wow. I know. It's amazing. I also learned today that 1,500 people have signed up for our one-on-one course. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Couldn't have done it without you. Holy yikes. It is amazing. I am so grateful and humbled that you and I have created a space that is so meaningful and helpful for so many other people. So I just wanted to say thank you to those of you who listen and who are a member of that group. If you want to send us or, you know, give us anything in return, sharing our show so that other people listen could be good. Um, and also buying some swag. We have a shop. And also, yeah, get a T-shirt from Public. Check this out. The first time uh, we were talking about PodFest and I talked about James MacArthur, the, one of the founders of Public, and how he saved me. And he was a hero because he was mean to that guy who was mean to me. That wasn't mean, <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was yeah, casually. Yeah, get- yeah. Well, I said he was from Teespring and people were calling him going, when did you move? From T Public <gasps> to Teespring. I'm so No stupid. way. It was T Public, T Public.com. Our shirts are from T Public.com. If you go to ShePodcast.com forward slash merch, you will get stuff from T Public. Also, if you want to create your own merch, they make it really easy. So T Public, not Teespring. I'm so sorry, Dave. That's so embarrassing. I can't believe he told me that. I like practically clawed my skin off from embarrassment. Oh my god! I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, anyway, he's still my hero, and I'm. So I look grateful. pretty cute right now with my t-shirt because I am actually wearing one of our First t-shirts. Of all, you always look cute. The one that says "Love you, mean it," and yeah. it is the green. It's a green slouchy t-shirt thing. It's so comfy and soft with a boat awesome. neck and like these little cap sleeves. It's super baggy, and it says. It says, love you, mean it, and unlike these incredibly bright colors, and, and I chose to have a green shirt, so it's a super cute, beautiful green shirt, so I'm super stoked. Awesome. Uh, but you guys That's go so check cool. it out. I'm so excited. It's awesome. So yeah, please grab a t-shirt just to wear your pride around town, or if you're coming to Podcast Movement, so we can recognize you as one of our own. Um, oh and thank you guys so much. 9,000 is such a big deal. So super excited. Absolutely. Let's see how we got That's in there yet. Let me awesome. see. I just posted it in two other groups to see if other people would join. Nope, not yet. All right. So now we're 10 people away. Oh um, my gosh. So by the time you listen, hopefully we'll have surpassed it. And then, so, I mean, we, we end up adding like 20 people a day to this show, to their, to our group. So. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Hopefully. Oh God. I'm sorry. I'm yawning. That's so Oh my God. I'm sorry. So. I mean, speaking, I mean, moving, I'm I'm actually going to jump around a little bit, but since you were yawning, let's talk about Alex Inc. (laughs) Uh, Come on, 
now, first of all, I resent the fact that you (laughs) chose the worst possible review from the Hollywood Reporter of Alex Inc. and chose to share it without having watched the show. I resent that because even if it is a living, breathing piece of shit, you still have an obligation to watch it before you go spreading rumors and lies about how terrible it is. You are correct. You Shame are on correct. you, Elsie Escobar. Shame on me. So, yes, I did absolutely what Jessica said. I <laughs> happened to be looking at the feeds, you know, because we were like, oh, my gosh. Al- oh, but actually, you know what? We should just really quickly catch everybody up what this is. So Alex Inc. Uh, is a new TV show that has just played actually last week on ABC, like a half hour comedy. And the reason that it's so important and the reason that we're talking about it, it's because it is based on Alex Bloomberg's uh, startup podcast and Gimlet Media and his whole thing that he started. So that was an option for TV. I think that Gimlet sold it um, that way. And then it was developed. You know, the pilot came out. The pilot was picked up. CBS uh, is behind it. So obviously there's a season uh, and it aired. The first episode, I think, aired on Wednesday, last Wednesday, March 28th. And um, so it's huge because the main character is essentially a podcaster and he is working in podcasting. So that's awesome, right? It's it's bringing that information out. That said, I have not watched the show, but I did see the reviews. And then I did bump into uh, The Hollywood Reporter. (laughs) I just read it and I was like, oh, my God, because just even the headline itself, I was like, holy crap, this is awful. It says that this is the headline. Zach Braff returns to primetime TV in ABC's fruitless and frustrating new podcasting sitcom. But actually, it's. It's just so mean. I mean, there are some things in here where I think I sent you a couple of quotes where I was like, oh, oh, this is awful. This is hilarious. It was awful. It wasn't that bad, but you kind of do have to see it to judge for yourself. I mean, a yeah, exactly. Don't you think? I know. Okay, I I agree. I totally agree because you did the opposite. I did totally do the opposite. And you know what? The other thing is that like I'm the type of person that doesn't. It's so weird. It, and it, it absolutely. So I shared the worst review, but I'm the type of person that will get on absolutely the of hatred. That's you. yeah. No, I will absolutely 100 percent like be the person that loves that TV show that everybody else hated. Like I'm that person. I I will watch the entire you know season the, of something. Why spread the meanness? I don't it's know because I, I you know what it was. I think it was because it was so. <laughs> It was so bad. I was just like, holy cats, this is insane. But, you know, whatever. It's, I don't know. So you guys, why don't you guys let us know? Why don't you, those of you who watch the show, you can go ahead and send us some voice feedback and let us know if there's something that, you know, that you found like exciting or fun or maybe you're kind of want to stay open to all the things. (laughs) Right. Or you I could tell you what I freaking think. How about that? Okay. Well, okay, you you yes, because you are that on the show right good. now. So so that could be good. So Jessica, what did you think about Alex Inc.? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what I thought. I mean I do not I did not go into watching the show with the impression that the main character was going to be the podcasting industry because no show has a main character of the actual business. The only 
thing, especially in a sitcom, it's just a set. It's set in a podcast business theme, just like Friends was set in two apartments and a coffee shop, just like, mm. um, you know, Murphy Brown was set in a news office. It was never about the news or the news industry. I mean, some small level, maybe, but it's not going to. I didn't expect it to be about the podcasting business. Therefore, I wasn't that offended that it wasn't a star, the part of the starring um you know, forks. Also, Zach Braff in general has a very bumbly, like oops a daisy kind of like feel to him. And I don't think it was as much JD from Scrubs. So I disagree with the review that you posted that it was like you know, equally as stupid as JD was, he just is kind of a bumbler anyway. But, but I thought they positioned him very well. Like when they started to talk about like most, a lot of the show was, was Alex um, fumbling to communicate why someone should invest in his company. Like he couldn't verbalize it towards the end. His family and some other people help him realize that this way of storytelling, this audio way of storytelling is something he can do better than anyone else and not only that but he makes it magical for the listener and he also demonstrates in the show that it doesn't even have to be audio he did like a little mini performance of the of the show that he wanted to create for his family at the dinner table and he's making like the horse noises and the ding dong you know like he he did it for them (laughs) in person and it was like you could the audience could visually see that that he has a skill that's somewhat magical and meaningful. And right. so in that way, I, I think that scene especially explains to the audience why storytelling via audio is special, why podcasting is special, why Alex and of course, why Alex, Alex is special and himself. So, yes, it's about him, but he doesn't bumble through the whole thing. In fact, even though he's extremely relatable and oops-a-daisy, like it also shows that he's a brilliant genius at this thing. So that's why I want you to watch it because this person from the Hollywood Reporter is reporting on it like a Hollywood sitcom. And no, it doesn't compare to Roseanne. It doesn't compare to Scrubs. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't compare to those things yet. It's one flipping episode. No show is good at the pilot. No show is good at the pilot. Look at any pilot. All of them are terrible. So it's like, you just kind of have to give it a chance. What if it, if, I mean, and also I'll just use Parks and Rec. That show wasn't really fantastic until the third season. Right. There's a lot of shows. You're so, right. There's a lot of different shows, like, especially like, who was it that, um, I think I just saw Dave Jackson posted on Facebook. He, uh, he po- po- posted something about Cheers, like yes! something about the first episode of Cheers got like, I don't know. Awful. It was something obnoxious, like awful. It was like, yeah, it was. 10 years later is still on, right? So, yeah, I understand. Absolutely. Yeah, Seinfeld didn't hit its stride until season three or four either. So, like, I just think you especially have a responsibility before (laughs) posting that something is direct to actually watch the thing. Watch (laughs) it. Come back, Elsie Escobar, and tell us, what did you think about Alex Inc.? What did you think about it? And then also, right. yes, I do want to hear the audience's take as well, um, because your podcaster is not from Hollywood Reporter. It's a different it's a totally different way of looking at the show, too. 
as somebody who yeah. does what we do, you want the show to somehow convince the average audience layperson that what we do is special. If it does that, I don't care how stupid the character is. I really don't. Right. I mean, that sounds terrible, but anyway. Okay, well, next episode, John and I are going to give you, we're going to do it. We're going to follow up and we'll do it. And yes, I agree. I completely agree. I think we do, you know, I do have to watch it at some point so that I do have a sense, you know, a point of view. And and also, you're right. Hollywood Reporter also is a very specific publication and they are coming at this from a completely different perspective, right? Because... It's the Hollywood Reporter. This is what they do. Yeah, like they watch all this. Right. You know they what I mean? They, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They want it to and, be good TV right out of the gate. And first of all, that's very difficult. And second of all, that's not really what we are supposed to be reporting. I'm not a television. You know, I have no clue if it's going to be the best sitcom ever created. But if it, but if sixty thousand people watch it, I'd like them to somehow open up iTunes and start listening to a podcast. That's all I ask for. Just, you right. know, however many people watch it, it was probably a couple million. Just some of them listen to a podcast and see if it's cool. That will make our, it will turn our industry around, regardless of if it's a sucky show, you know? Anyway, not that it needs to be turned around. Yeah, to get it into the mainstream that way, I think it would be a plus. And kind of segueing to some to a different part of the conversation, too, because I, I really have a feeling that at Podcast Movement this year... Uh, there's going to be a lot of this type of Hollywood conversations coming in there because there's so many things happening in the space. And I feel that for us as industry people or people who are interested in podcasting, yes, of course, there's going to be educational stuff. In fact, there have like, you know, over a hundred different types of sessions that deal with all kinds of topics, you know, that the regular ones that you guys would figure like the technical aspects and audio production and, of course, marketing, things like that. But I do feel that we also need to expose ourselves to to seeing conversations that are talking about podcasting in this other realm, right, that are coming not only from the radio folk that also do come in here, too, that they do have a more more of a presence, but are also integrating into the indie, indie scene but also with people who are kind of touching base with what's happening in Hollywood, right? So if you guys want to attend, please go to podcastmovement.com, podcastmovement.com, and you enter the promo code SHEP, and you get $50 off any level of registration when you do that. And it'll be super awesome to see you guys there and kind of, you can kind of join us with some of this conversation because it's not going to stop. In fact, Aaron Mankey right now, had just made a deal directly with how stuff works. And Aaron, uh, he started essentially as a, and I'm going to put like air quotes here because you can't, can't see, see me doing this, like, like one of us, like indie podcaster type, where he was like, okay, I am a writer. I want to do these things. I kind of feel like maybe in order to get my work out there, I'll just start a podcast and I'll just put my stories out there. And that's what he did. And all of a sudden he got yeah. you know super famous and, and of he course, a whole thing. Yeah, but he didn't start overnight. That's another thing that is so amazing is that he didn't start overnight. So he started podcasting and, you know, he put their show out there and then and all of a sudden all, his podcast was super famous and it was optioned by Amazon to be made into a TV show based on lore, his show. And now he has, has signed this exclusive podcast deal with How Stuff Works. So 
there's a lot of stuff that's happening, I feel, um, where uh, there is a pulse between podcasting and mainstream media that is beyond radio. And I feel that it's just great. It's I think it's great for us to be in the pulse of this. I think it's great for us to have the same skill set as all of that, because I think as podcast podcasters, even in quote indie podcasters, we have a lot to bring. We have a set of skills that we now have that a lot of people don't. I mean, I know that going into, you know, doing the Hollywood thing when I was auditioning over there, there were there was like a skill set that I had, which was to be to to do essentially act, right? That's it. That that was the that was it. And um other than that though, I didn't know how to run a camera. I didn't know how to work with a microphone. I didn't know how to, you know, light myself. But with podcasting, there's so many different things, even though it's different that we can do now. I mean, we can work. I mean, I know that for myself, I can work audio equipment. I can, you know, troubleshoot when things aren't working. I can make sure that I sound the best that I can. I can construct uh, uh, a podcast episode. I can tell a story. Uh, I can I can edit myself so I sound better. You know, there's so many different things that I didn't know that now I do know. And uh, it, it's great to know that we could do at least a little bit of what the big boys do out there, too. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. You know, Wondery got $5 million in... Funding. Thank you. Couldn't think of the word funding. Yeah. Not sure why. <laughs> and also, um, I just read that Connie Britton is going to be starring in an adaptation of Dear John, which is a Wondery what? show. Yes. Connie Britton from uh, American oh Horror and Friday Night Lights. From Nashville. I mean, Nashville. She's in Nashville, Nashville Yes, yes. Nashville, yes. She's going to be starring in Dear John, which I think is going to be a Netflix show. I'm not sure. I don't remember which channel. Get but out. that all that happened. Like, so in, since I talked to you Wednesday, Elsie, all that happened. <laughs> wow. So like, that's um, amazing. Lots of Hollywood stuff happening in, in uh Podcasting, which is exciting and frightening all at once. I also learned something sort of terrible that I wouldn't mind discussing unless you really have to go. Oh, great. Do you have to go? No, we still have to. We have to cover. We still have more things to cover here. So there's such a thing called holding downloads. And here's what that means. If you download a show, but you don't press play right then, the server does what's called a hold. And for... Servers like Libsyn or Blueberry, um, they hold for five minutes. If you don't press play within five minutes and you press play in, say, 15 minutes, that actually counts as two downloads, okay? Midroll holds at 60 minutes. So, in other words, you download a midroll show, you don't press play until five o'clock, that counts as two downloads. If you, if you do it between, you know, one and two, it just counts as one. NPR and public radio holds at 24 hours, which means that, you know, I'll say it again. If you download a show, you have 24 hours to listen to it before it's going to be counted as two downloads. Now, let's say, let's call, let's play the game of standardization. Midroll or NPR, specifically NPR, is gunning for their way to be the way, the standard way that downloads are counted. So that you're not counting if it's not listened to in five minutes, but a full day. So what's that going to mean for everyone who's currently hosting on Libsyn or Blueberry or Speaker or Podbean? It means your downloads are going to sink to the bottom of the ocean 
<laughs> some point in the next two years. That's what it means. That is literally what it means. All right, stop. But, hold the boat. I have a question. I have a phone. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm just going to go back to basic. I have a phone. I subscribe to a mm-hmm. podcast. When that mm-hmm. podcast is, uh, when it comes, a new episode comes in, my phone mm-hmm. checks through my podcast app, and an yep. MP3 file is downloaded to my phone. It takes up space Correct. on my phone. How the heck does Lipson or Pod or Wondery or whatever those other people, how do they know when I press play? How do they know? The MP3 link is being tracked by your server. It's a link. It's, it's not, not a link. A, it's not a link. It it's, is. No, it's, it is it not. Is. It is a file that is downloaded to my phone, and I'll tell you why. Because I can listen. I can put my phone on airplane mode or t- take it completely off the internet or have no service whatsoever, and I can still listen to my podcast. Because it is downloaded as an MP3 file on my phone. The MP3 file, the 46 megabytes, is downloaded on my phone. So guess what else they're trying to so do? So they're talking about streaming. MP3s. They're, they're trying to get rid of MP3s. Yeah, okay. exactly. You know so what they can do? They can go stick it. Because I don't even well, want none of it. See, again, it didn't need fixing. Okay, guys? It, it didn't go need back fi- to radio. Like evolved. Go back to radio. Who it needs you? So hold up here just a little bit. So there are different ways. And the, the reason that this is going to be challenging for, for many reasons is exactly what you're talking about, John, because there are many different types of settings within every single one of the podcast apps out there. So it would be easier, let's say, for somebody like NPR to say, like, I want our shows to have this type of measurement or whatever. Right. But and let's say that everybody else was like, let's do it. Let's do that. The thing is that we're going to have to also talk to the app developers, too, because all of the behavior of these app developers is also different. So you can set it up so that, let's say, my podcast app only goes and checks on the feed once every 24 hours. So it's not going to go talk to it anyway other than 24 hours. Or I can have my podcast app be tapping the feed every hour. Like you actually can do that within the podcast app. The other thing too is that you can check it and say like, I want the latest show to be downloaded to my device. You can also change, meaning I'll, I want cheap podcast episodes on my device downloaded. I want the feed episodes. I, I want to choose when I download the feed. Like I want to manually download it. I just want the notification that it's there. So those are two behaviors, and you're right, John. A download, once it's on your phone, is a download. Like, that's what it is. It's not going to go back and retap. Like, it's not going to keep on doing what Jess was talking about. Well, that's why they want to get rid of them, because you can't. Right. You it, don't, now you don't know how many times people have listened. So here's the thing. The problem slash saving grace is that Apple doesn't give two rats tushies what the NPR wants or doesn't want, unless they make it a standard, they're going to tell everyone else to pound salt. They're the ones offering the MP3s. They're the ones allowing you to download it. I mean, uh, you know, all the servers, unless they, unless they say no more MP3s and they don't care. So it's all useless knackering around unless the major iTunes platform, you know, unless the major podcast platform gets on board and they have no intention of doing so. They don't believe in advertising. They think online advertising. In fact, Someone sent me an article the other day that said, was it ULC that said that 
um, one of the main, uh, you know, C-level executives of Apple thinks that online advertising is going to destroy the, make the apocalypse, destroy the earth as we know it. He hates it. They hate it. Yeah. And the other thing that they've really started to do, too, is um, obviously because of all the Facebook stuff, is that even more uh, stronger push for privacy and data and, um, you know, an anonymization of data as well for Apple is front and center. And that's a almost an exact different stance of what advertisers want, which is uh, more specificity more information yeah and you know and so and and apple's essentially going like this is just the overall data that you're getting here this is not like how many like because when when people want to know specifics like where are my subscriptions coming from like where are the places that most people are subscribed for my show um obviously demographics and and Apple has that because you have to fill out like a lot of information whenever you have an Apple ID. And now with everything, everything is Apple ID specific and it it holds so much information in there. But the, I mean, the, the thing is, though, Apple has always been, at least up to now, knock on wood, uh, incredibly, incredibly serious about privacy and not dealing it out. So. There are some things that I do appreciate about their stance around that and that it doesn't really matter. Like money in that respect doesn't matter. I think the only time that I've seen them change their mind and do something a little different was when it came to music. I do believe that um, there was, was it Taylor Swift? Like they had a, a something happen with Taylor Swift Swift a couple of years ago where she essentially was like, eh, if you guys don't do this, I'm pulling my my stuff. Right. It was Apple Music. Yeah, exactly. So that was like, I think that was the only time that I've ever seen Apple like go like, okay, well, we'll change. Right. Because other than that, though, I have not seen them do anything. Like, it doesn't matter what anybody does. They're like, you know, I'm done. Uh, This is it. This is not a conversation we want to have. And to some degree, well, it's like, I mean, I'm just saying it because I want our audience and everyone to, to to be highly encouraged to sell based on their influence, their creativity, their what they can really offer an advertiser besides just downloads because a download uh an is just one it's a one audio listen and that definition is shaky. So you need to build a not audio audience, an email list, perhaps website traffic, although I know that's hard for podcasters, but definitely, even though we don't own it, social audience. And you need to cultivate uh, in other places besides just listening, because if you're selling just on listeners, you're going to have a hard time in the in the next coming months or year. I don't know how long it's going to take. Who knows? But I'm yeah, just saying it's it, it's changing and it's changing rapidly and it's it's time now more than ever to get off the download train and start taking the bus. You know what I'm saying? Right. Walk Absolutely. Or take the and bus. I think you know get off. one of those things that makes me kind of nuts is like and I I mean you guys have heard me go off about download numbers enough, but what I can't stop bringing home especially for the people that we work with is that you cannot judge the success of your podcast and the amount of impact you're making or or possibly the if you want to take it just money 
the amount of money you could make with a smaller audience. In fact, most people keep thinking, the more I have, just focusing in on downloads, the more I have in terms of downloads, the better it is. When in fact, I challenge that assumption. I think there's something to be said about really nurturing a smaller, more specific amount of people that you really visualize. Why is it so bad for you to think you have 50 people that are incredible fans of your work? Why is it so bad that a number that it's only two, like it's not, it's not three digits, it's two digits. Why is that bad? Why is it that when you look at your show and you say like, oh, I only had 25 downloads this week. Why is that bad? Why can't you think that, wow, how can I engage with these people? Why is it that the bigger numbers make you feel that you're doing more? And and what I but what really irks me about some of that stuff that um, when people start to think about um, how do I get more downloads? And there's all kinds of crazy tactics, including things like before, like Twitter bombing, or I guarantee you, your downloads are going to go up if you just paste the URL for your MP3 on Facebook and make a post, and you just say like, "Oh my gosh, you guys, I just interviewed." Jessica, and we talked about all kinds of really fun things. And the link that you put your MP, you put the MP3 down there. I guarantee you that your downloads are going to go up like a lot more than you thought. But that doesn't mean people actually listened. That just means that people clicked on the link and they were like, what is this? Oh, oh, what is this? Okay, out. (laughs) They just, I just had this conversation with a a friend of mine who has a podcast. He's very active on Twitter. He does a great job of engaging people on Twitter. And he says when he stops and does not tweet out about the show, his downloads go from, I'm going to pick out numbers, from 1,000, about 800, uh, 800 downloads, you know, for the show to about 175. So he has about 175 subscribers. But if he really works Twitter, he gets 800 people uh, basically a month or per episode to, to click on that. And I said, wow, that tells me that 700 625 people clicked and said, nah. But okay, <laughs> so maybe 625 people clicked and you got five people who said, hey, I like this. All right, so now, you, you know, now you're going to start to build an audience that way. But again, that's how numbers you know, downloads right. are inflated because he exactly. really doesn't have listeners. He basically has 175, you know, fans that are listening to every week, probably to the whole show. And he has 625 people who clicked on and went, leash and clicked off. Right. <laughs> no. And I think that most <sighs> of us do see that. And part of it is like, how do we, how do we get them to listen more? Right. And again, just because people don't listen to your whole show, or just because people don't subscribe to your show, it doesn't mean that you're not bringing value. And that's another thing that I've had to really kind of check my ego and put it to the side because a lot of us are sort of like, well, you need to listen to the show. You need to listen to the whole show. And I challenge that assumption. I think that there's times when I listen to a few shows where I only listen to the first 20 minutes of a 90-minute show or I listen to 60 minutes of a 90-minute show. Or even sometimes I only have time for the first five minutes because life gets in the way and I forget to go back and finish that episode and a new one came out and all that kind of stuff. I'm still, I still love them. I still think they're awesome. I don't think that there's anything wrong with me only listening to 20 minutes of somebody's show and then getting value out of it and not finishing it. I know that we as content producers work our tushies off. 
to keep you engaged. But the reality of human beings is that most of them probably won't. And again, it's okay as long as they do what you want them to do. So I don't care if people are stopping listening to She Podcast in the first 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. As long as you're part of our community, you listen to what we do, you learn from us, you decide to buy our merch, you hire us, you know, we do other fun things like, you know, to go to conferences and speak. Like we raise a community of almost 9,000 women. So when you only listen to 20 minutes of our show, hey, I'm cool. Like I... I don't know. I think yeah. we've done a lot, Jess. Yeah. And and it's like for us, it's like yeah. we don't have crazy, insane numbers for our show. We have a very I don't even like, look. I haven't looked in a long time. It's a, I know it's petite and I know that it's way it's it's almost half the audience that the, the feed has. I do know that. But the thing is, it's like, who well, that's cares? not cool. What the hell? Well, the well, the feed is also part of Lipson and it's got, you know, and I do a ton of marketing for that. I mean, a ton. And also, Rob also speaks at least five times a year. He's out Mm -hmm. all the time talking about things and putting the show forward and making sure that people only listen to the stats. And, you know, and we happen to have people who are really big listeners of that show and they talk more about it. We, you know, whatever. But still, I don't think that you can judge based upon that. The growth of the the entirety of your ecosystem is what I feel is important. The growth of all of it in its all of its different tentacles. <laughs> so, oh, my God. So why don't we first of all, let's go ahead and get some tool tips and sponsored by Text Expander. Elsie's tool tips. Oh, my gosh. So, John, you got Text Expander. Last month. Yes. While we were on the show. Yes. So, uh, and what did you think? I absolutely love it. I wish I would have ponied up the the bucks years ago. It <laughs> makes my life so much easier. Uh, I Okay. I have three emails that I use, my personal email, a business email, and an email that I use for when people are going to want to put me on their mailing list and want to send me an email every five minutes. I have email that goes uh-huh. out. I never go. So I have those three email accounts. I've made three little snippets for those, just those accounts. I pop them in. Instead of typing out the the emails, it's fantastic. Also, I've used it for our business where when someone sends us a, a, an email, an inquiry, I have everything written out and basically it needs to change a couple fields, maybe a few things. I type out four characters, boom, it's on there. I have like five or six emails that I put on there. It is fantastic. I'm learning different ways to use it every day. And it's amazing. I love they have videos that because I'm a visual learner, they have videos that teach you how to use it. So that helps me out instead of trying to fumble through. I love the whole I love everything about it. It's amazing. I can't believe I've waited this long. I've heard about it. But I can't believe I waited this long to pull the trigger. If you don't be as stupid as I am. You know, what's really weird. It's like because I I started podcasting um, by listening to a lot of tech tech shows. That's exactly how I fell in love. And they've been talking about Text Expander for so long. I didn't understand the concept of Text Expander when they were starting to talk about it, how you write a few like characters and then it expands your text. Like when people said that, I was like, 
I don't even know what that means. And and then when but I when I heard people explain it over and over again, then I started to kind of understand it. And that's when I kind of made my purchase. And I can't go back. Like, here's a, a tip that I have. And this is a super not even it's not even geeky. It's very I don't even know how to label it. I guess it could be like a cosmetic tip. <laughs> it's a cosmetic tip. It's not necessarily a productivity tip, but I love what those little things that are called like text graphics or is that what we decided these things are called? I can't remember, but they are text like graphics. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The little text symbols. Yeah, so text symbols. That's what it is. They're text symbols. So you guys search for that term text symbols. And usually they are kind of made up of of plain text, which is what when you see the letters and numbers on your computer, they're kind of made up of that same thing. And there are some of these symbols like the TM symbol, like the trademark symbol or the copyright symbol or, you know, the little Apple symbol for actual Apple computers and stuff like that. Like those are actual text symbols. But there's also fun ones like hearts and flowers and um you know little things like that that are kind of made up like that you can you can find so many symbols it's crazy and what i've done is i've created text expander snippets for some of these symbols that i use a lot one of the ones that i use is a a a little black heart so it's not it's not necessarily like the little black emoji heart that you see that are all colored because those are emojis there are different they're like made up of different stuff. These are text stuff. So whenever I want to put a little heart in something, I type in H H E and, and write heart. So H just an extra H at the beginning. So every time that I write heart like that, it automatically expands a little text heart. And I think it's so great. I love that. I also have text expander bullets like in a little, I have a circle one that I use that it's D-D-O-T. So it's essentially dot. And when I write D-D-O-T, it expands um, the, there's like a dot uh, symbol. It's a, it's wider than a period. It's, it's much thicker and it looks really nice when I'm formatting Instagram posts or anything for Facebook or something like that. So that it creates this expansion or white space and things look very nicely formatted. And most of the time people have to copy and paste and put that together. So that's one way that I use it that is super simple. And there's a lot of these symbols that are already added. Like Text Expander comes with some sort of pre, pre-packaged, if you will, <laughs> certain snippets that you can add and edit for yourself. And some of them are those, like the ones that are like the Apple the little Apple symbol or the TM symbol. So now anytime I want to write trademark, it's super easy. You just put TTM and it automatically pops up the little trademark symbol and it's awesome. So that's how I use it. If you guys are interested in, in using Text Expander, go over to textexpander.com slash podcast, textexpander.com slash podcast. And what you get there is you get 20% off your first year. So when you subscribe, you get to... Uh, sync your snippets in all everywhere you are, like on your phone or your computer or on the desktop or on the browser and all that stuff. They're all available through all of these different places. And then when you go to textexpander.com slash podcast, there's a little drop down menu and it says like, where did you hear about text expander? And then it's got like all of these podcasts there. 
Choose She Podcast because obviously you heard it from us and we would love to make sure that the Text Expanders team knows that we sent you over. So give it a test and then maybe even send us some feedback about how you're using Text Expander. We would love that. Yay. Yay. Woohoo. So the last thing I wanted to talk about today is the whole, um, oh, oh, you know what? This is what I wanted to talk about. Alexa, did you know that you can get an Alexa skill for your podcast if you're using Libsyn? Okay. So when you ask Alexa to do stuff, you know, you can do, you can do things with Alexa all the time. You can ask Alexa to do many different things. Um, And usually the only way, Alexa, that's right. If you ask at this moment to have Alexa play something for you, like you would have to say like, Alexa, and I guess you have to add the tune in, um, what do you call it? Skill to your device. And then once you have the tune in skill on there, then you can ask it to play your show using the tune in so that you can ask it, play whatever podcast you want. But now through Libsyn, what you can do, you have to email Rob directly. So we only mention this on the feed. This is nowhere else. You have to. And now you guys know because I'm here. So by proxy, you guys get the scoop. You just need to email Rob and say, Rob, and, you, and mind you, you do have to host with Libsyn. So <laughs> there's that. Um, you email and you say, hey, Rob, I would love to have an Alexa skill for my phone. And then he goes, OK. And then he sends you all the information that you need to do. Essentially, you have a, a new destination added to your account. So in the place where you have the destinations and destinations is usually the place where you submit your show to like your your feed is there, your Facebook thing, your Twitter account, your LinkedIn. You can hook up all of these things inside of Libsyn. You can also have an Alexa skill. And there's a whole new place where you fill out the information. He sends you a, a very specific PDF of how to go about it. It's very simple. I gotta um, do it. And th- yeah, and that's it. And so then you have a specific skill for your show versus your show being part of something else. Like Spotify. And, wh- and then we... Yeah. So then like we what's really neat, we had a question come up on the feed last episode and they there was like, so what's the difference? I mean, my show's playing. Right. So the difference is that when you are using another service like Spotify or or like TuneIn, the search functionality for that is kind. they're searching through the directory of that thing. Right. So it's searching mm-hmm. through that entire thing versus with the skills that's your show. Like it's right there. It's right. It's there. It's yeah. So it's not like they have to, you have to have go through something else to find your show. So it's really super easy to do. Um, the only caveat that is that you, you can't be using um, the download, download only option, which is generally used by those that are using PowerPress and they're running their feed in PowerPress you would have to kind of publish those episodes to your lips and feed specific because it is a lips and kind of thing. And the other thing is that you do have to fill out the episode numbers inside of the iTunes new feed tags. So if you haven't done that, you you have to do that. But now we have a supersonic, like super fast shortcut where you can add episode numbers to all of your shows really, really fast instead of having to manually do it like it was before, especially those of you that have like 600 episodes. That would have been horrible. But the reason that that's necessary is because Alexa reads that to call the episode. So you can essentially say, 
Alexa, play Chi Podcast episode 44. And then it would do that. But the only way that it would read episode 44 is through the iTunes new feed tags. So right. I just thought you guys should definitely know that. And it is easy. All you have to do is email Rob at Lipson.com and he will give you the scoop, give you the information. It is kind of like uh, a case by case, like th- like they have to manually put everything in as of late. But I have seen that the process has gone by pretty easy. And I'm doing it for one of my clients right now. I'm submitting that in for them. And uh, the only thing that you really need is to just have those numbers in the iTunes new feed tags and then have two sizes for your artwork. Like you need a 512 by 512, I think, and a, and then a 108 by 108 sized, uh, you know, artwork. Uh, and listen, specifically for Alexa. Here's why this is so important, because... Edison Research just revealed that the fastest growing way people listen to podcasts is through um, smart speakers and in-car smart speakers. That is by far where we've seen the highest growth in the last year um, as far as where and how people listen to podcasts. So if you're not getting an Alexa skill, you're going to miss out on people who want to listen to you there. So it's it's kind of important. It's, it's important that you figure it out sooner rather than later. Yeah. And it would be, I mean, it would be so great to be able to, like, I I can't right now use these smart speakers, but I have seen that there's a lot of people that are stepping into, like, they would, before they even would buy an, uh, like, an, an iPad or something like that, buying a $49 Echo Dot is going to be an easy, or 39 whatever, sometimes they go on sale yes. or something, Yeah, is an easier than in than yeah. purchasing, like, something you know what i mean i think it feel it feels a little bit more inclusive to me i hadn't really thought about it the only sucky part for me is like i think i spoke about it before is is that obviously i don't have local internet so those things don't really matter to me but um there are maybe other opportunities out there oh and then this is the other thing too it also removes and this is something that the reason that i, I finally clicked for me was like i would love it if my girls were able to keep those devices out of their hands. Like I, I would love anything that they love music. Now, both of them love to dance. They love listening to podcasts and playing their favorite songs. And I would love it if they didn't have to have their phone with them all the time. It would be great, you know, to be able to say to whatever, to Alexa, play whatever, you know, whatever song they want to, and then have that be the experience versus them just looking at the phone and kind of going through that. I think it would be awesome. And then having the song just come. Uh, so anyway, I just thought it'd been it'd be so great. You guys definitely check it out, and uh, we look forward to hearing all about your experience in Alexa. Woohoo! Yes, Yay. very important. Get her done. Get it in. And I think that we uh, can come to a close now. Yeah. Yay! All right. So hopefully, you know, the second uh, time is a charm. So if you guys have any feedback, please email feedback at ShePodcast.com. We asked for a lot this time. We'd love to get a little bit something from you guys. Feedback at ShePodcast.com. Is this thing on? I know. You guys can follow us on social media. We're like all over the place. So now Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, we are at ShePodcast. Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at ShePodcast. Or, of course, if you are a female or identify as one, please come over to the Facebook group. And it's at Facebook.com slash groups slash ShePodcast. Maybe you could be... Wait, let me see if it's grown yet. (gasps) It has! 
Oh, my God. We have hit 9,000 people <gasps> in the group. Oh, my gosh. 9,000 people in the group. Yay. <laughs> hooray. 9,000 people in the group. All right, I'm done. Wow, Sorry. that's pretty amazing, and what a what an interesting um, musical rendition. That was. But, uh, <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's great. You. I'm just Thank saying, you guys hey, every, again. 9, yeah, nine thousand and five members, awesome. guys. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, and we look forward to listening to you from, or getting to know you guys with your feedback that are going to sh- you're going to be sharing with us next week, uh, and we'll talk with you guys very soon. Thank you, love you, mean it. Bye. <laughs>